Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. Is losing fun? Is losing fun? No. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yes! Welcome to the pregame.com MLB podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Ringle, alongside... With me is Griffin Warner. Griffin, today, man, it is a Strictly Futures episode. We're talking division winners. We're breaking them down. And then we'll give our early, early, early future pick on who's going to win the granddaddy of them all, the World Series. This is one hour jam-packed information for all you betters out there. This is an important episode to to listen. Um, What are your thoughts on this episode, you know, I mean, look, it's a lot of information, and I know I'm ready, but are you ready? I'm ready. Definitely I'm ready. I think the plan today is to try to give uh, some not too early, considering we're about a week away from opening day, recording this on March 31st. Um, and, and we're trying to give kind of our opinions on, on what these teams are going to look like. A lot of moves in the offseason, certainly free agency, a lot of trades, a lot of, a lot of things going on with the season starting a little bit later, which maybe made me a little bit more prepared for today's podcast potentially. Uh, but it's going to be a great year. Hopefully we can, uh, I guess, get as many people listen to this as possible and try to make this uh, a podcast that comes out and is, is hot on, on everyone's list as soon as they want to listen to something. Well, let's just jump right in and let's stop talking about it. Let's just get into it. Look, I- I'm a huge baseball fan. And the fact that baseball is back, that means betting baseball is back. And we're going to jump into in my opinion, the most competitive division in baseball, arguably, is the American League East. You have four teams that could potentially make the postseason out of this division alone. Of course, we have the division winners in each division, and then there's three extra wildcard teams in this year's playoff formatting, 12 teams this year. The response is, who is going to be coming out on top? And a lot of people are saying the Rays. People are saying the Blue Jays. Can the Yankees figure it out? But I'm going to jump out with my division win in the American League East and is the Toronto Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays have done so much work this offseason acquiring Matt Chapman after losing Marcus Simeon in free agency. They lost their Cy Young, Robbie Ray, but they went out and got Kevin Gosman. So replacing guys, plus you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., another full season who has now, I think, would say an MVP contender. Plus, Bo Pichette, Teoscar Hernandez. They signed Jose Barrios to a long-term deal in that rotation. This is a jam-packed team, and I think they're going to win the division. I even have my own projections that I just made myself that this team's going to win it in a division. So I have all my predictions all ready to go, but what is your prediction and kind of breaking down your favorite team in this division right now? Yeah. So I think the plan and, and, and just thanks for everyone for listening. I'm, you can find me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner uh, Taylor, if you want to give your, your handle as well. Yeah, it is uh, at Taylor Ringgold. Great. Well, so you kind of, you went into the blue Jays a little bit as our, and we do plan to go team by team, to at least give some thoughts on each team as we get ready to start the season. Uh, I think if I gun to my head that I'm picking right now, I'm picking the Tampa Bay Rays because I believe in in who they are uh, and really as an organization. And I, I got to say, I really like them sitting as the third most likely team based on current odds to win the AL East. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of the Yankees, I got to say, and we'll get into that a little bit more. And now that you've brought up the Blue Jays, while I certainly understand that a lot of uh, people are expecting them considering their their futures price to win the World Series has been cut in half from the offseason or at the end of last season when I first tried to, to pull as many numbers as I could. Uh, <laughs> certainly great, great offense in Toronto, for sure. Um, I have a lot of questions really about them taking the next step uh, after a really big run to, I think, almost make the playoffs last season. Certainly they've done a lot to their rotation, but I feel like a lot of the teams that kind of get put together or assembled 
last minute or in the off season, it takes them a little while to gel. What's your, what's your thoughts or what are your thoughts on the Jays and trying to get into a win now mode right away? Well, I think the win now mode was watching them in the off season, really take it seriously. We saw them acquire Matt Chapman, which to be honest, was kind of, I was caught off guard. I didn't think that the Jays would even really just kind of make a move like that. I, they have, you know, they have Calvin Biggio, who, which looks like he'll be the projected second baseman, but also can play third. They have a few other guys, Santiago Espinal, who is a infielder who can play around the infield, just guys that could be serviceable, you know, but they went out and got Matt Chapman, which is huge move. Yes, he strikes out a little too much to my liking, but he is arguably the best defensive third baseman in the entire league right up against his high school teammate, Nolan Arenado. But the guy can crank out 30 home runs and maybe even hit 100 RBIs in a season. With having a power guy like that, where I, I project him hitting seventh in this lineup, this lineup is loaded. And then you add in uh, Kikuchi from Seattle. that He signs a multi-year deal with the Jays and they also signed Kevin Gossman who's emerged himself after last season with San Francisco after his one year deal with them. Gossman has become a front end, front end of the rotation type guy. He's an ace on majority of teams, but the team itself already has a deep rotation. It's the bullpen that maybe the Jays fans might get worried about. And if you're a better, maybe you might be a little worried about betting on the, on the blue Jays as a future is the bullpen. They have names that could get the job done but they don't have like a Kendall Graveman like the White Sox got, which we'll talk about the White Sox later. White Sox got Kendall Graveman in the offseason. Huge acquisition. And that bullpen is also super, super strong. So well, so let me let me jump in. So I am interested in the Jays bullpen. I actually a lot of my handicapping process kind of starts with do I think I, I work backwards? Do I think you can hold on to a lead at the end? And Jordan Romano was really good last year, I gotta say. Kind of kind of came out of nowhere, was the seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, then took the closer role and really never gave it up. I do have some questions about how the Jays will get to him. Uh, Julian Merriweather was awesome last year until he got hurt and kind of missed the year and in kind of weird circumstances to me a little bit. Um, I My bigger questions, though, is in a very deep rotation now. Um, I, I want to see kind of what are your thoughts on, on Alec Manoa coming off a big rookie year where he's going to have to really be a dominant force to make this team kind of reach the expectations, which I think will also be hurting them a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Mac Chapman really like him and, and he's only a couple years removed from an MVP season in Oakland. Uh, and, and so I, I think his hip injury and surgery that he went through certainly was, was not great for them uh, or for him and his career in Oakland, but probably was going to get moved on anyway. My biggest questions, I think just to go back to pitching are Hyunjin Ryu and seeing what he's going to deliver this year. Um, and then I got to say, I'm still curious about Manoa coming back off of a, a big rookie year because there's a lot of sophomore slumps that come in. Look, when when I look at teams that I really want to bet on as well, like I just said, bullpen is huge. And you just said it before, that one run lead late in the game, can your bullpen hold it down? Look, the Yankees got Chapman and they got Chad Green. They got Loise. They got a couple guys that fans and betters would just say like, all right, I got a little faith in them. I do love Romano. I would 100% do. But the rotation is so important for this Jays team. Manoa, the fact that he had 26 starts as a rookie in 141 innings has to be re very reassuring. And I'm very happy that a guy like him emerged onto the scene as a rookie. 383 ERA as a rookie. I mean, dude, I will give that. I will take that any day of the week. And he would be a number two for a lot of teams. He's their number four star projectedly. That's incredible. That's how deep this rotation is. And that's why I predict, that's why I am going to be betting right now that the Jays will win the AL East because of the depth in the rotation. It's about keeping, you know, of course, the lineup stacked. But you know what? Your, your, your Tampa Bay Rays, man, that you, you, I know you mentioned about them just a minute ago. That young, young core team, they have a bunch of young guys, you know, with uh, Brendan Lau at 27 years old, Wander Franco, who is, could be an MVP candidate this year, and then all even Randy Rosarena, who just won the rookie of the year left this past season. So they're they're kind of in the in the right place, right time. And as we all know, the Rays are always a team that they're going to be fighting to the end.
And I think well, so, so that's the reason why people look at that. Yeah, I, I, so I think we've spent probably plenty of time on the Jays. Let, let's go through the rest, of, I think, in order uh, based on the odds that I pulled. Um, let, let's go to the Yankees next, and, and maybe you can start off with – or I, I guess I'll begin. And, and my, my opinion on the Yankees is that they have the name, they have the clout, but they really haven't been a good team for, for years now. And so I'm less worried about them in a lineup like with Anthony Rizzo leading off. I know that it went better than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, after he was acquired the trade deadline last year. I just don't know that when I look at that lineup, it really scares me as much as you would think of Brock's Bombers team. Plenty of power, of course, uh, but I feel like the, the the lineup really tailors or tails off as you get further at the, further down the lineup. Don't know what we're going to get ever again from Glaber Torres. Maybe we're all selling him too, too soon, too early, but it's, I mean, he had a pretty gross year last year. And then from there down with Aaron Hicks and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Kylie Gashioka, I just... I don't know that that is the murderer's row that you're used to uh, with the Yankees. And then uh, maybe you can give me some opinions on, on your thoughts on, on their lineup, because I think that's the most important part of what the Yankees are. See, like I have right now projected, I have the, the Yankees coming in third place. And as look, you got to put the fandom aside sometimes in this business of analyzing the game. Sure. And I'm a Yankee fan. Let's just make sure let's, let's let the fans know right now. Episode one, the Taylor Ringgold is a Yankee fan. You can tweet at me. You can bark all you want. But this team, they are complete, I think, at, at some points in this lineup. Right now, as the lineup looks, it's kind of projected that Rizzo might be the leadoff guy, Judge, Gallo, Stanton, Donaldson. I can see Donaldson also. He was getting some spring training leadoff spots so far during the spring here. The difference between this lineup and the Rays lineup there's a lot of veteran presence throughout the lineup and throughout the whole team itself. Like JD, Josh Donaldson coming over from Minnesota, I think was a huge deal. It was a win and a loss at the same time. They had to take on $50 million for the contract, but you're getting a guy that can absolutely mash and also bring there's no BS attitude. We've seen it before. We've seen it in Toronto. We saw it in his cup of coffee in Atlanta. We saw it in Minnesota. We even saw it in Oakland. The guy will get in your grill, bark at you, and then crush a 430-foot bomb, okay? And I think Yankee fans and, and betters on the Yankees would like to have that Kyle Donaldson back. And I think you're going to get that. Glaber Torres, I wish I knew what the hell was going to go on with him because as, uh, watching him perform at this highest spot, he was so good. But once you move him from second base, which they did, they moved him to shortstop, his defense went down, and then once you have a bad performance in the field, you're supposed to, as a pro, you're supposed to take it from the field, go to the plate with a different mindset, different outlook, and it looked like you saw poor defense turning to poor hitting, and that's why he's been struggling the past, past few years. I can see DJ is going to be I – I would assume DJ would start this year. DJ LeMay, he would start the year as your second baseman. They've upgraded defensively, which Yankee fans should be happy about that. Kyle Higashioka is not going to surprise, not going to wow you with offensive stats. I know he's hitting four home runs, which is second in the mine in spring training right now. But Higgy will give you something a little more valuable than just a bat. And it's really the old school way of looking at making lineups is that he can call a game like the best of them. And that's why you saw him calling and catching games from Garrett Cole more last year than we saw. One of the worst catchers of all time, Gary Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, might have been might have been good riddance on, on moving Gary along. <laughs> I think I think I agree with with where you sit on Higashioka that he's a better nine hole hitter than I think a lot of people would expect. Yeah. Um, I I do have concerns. So so basically, the Yankees to me are, are always overpriced because people like to bet the Yankees. They get I mean I get it. One sure. of the most storied, if not the most storied franchise in Major League Baseball, uh, and, and so I get that. But so lineups, I think we've touched. I'm, I'm not as, as big of a believer that it's as potent, as powerful as, as we're used to. Um, when I look at the bullpen, because uh, that's generally where I go next after a lineup, is uh, I'm worried about Aroldis Chapman, hearing some news about him potentially working the eighth inning. Uh, that doesn't sound good to me. Loazaga has been a big arm for a while that I think has drawn a lot of Mariano Rivera comparisons. Chad Green seems like a good arm there as well. But that's kind of a thinner bullpen than I would expect for a team that has uh, as much behind them uh, in terms of payroll as they usually do. Uh, and then when I cover or look at their starting rotation, 
Um, I'm questioning Garrett Cole and what he's going to do without the tacky substances. I know it's a little bit different rules have changed a little bit in the off season. So we'll see what that looks like. Jordan Montgomery seems to be hurt pretty frequently. Same can be said for Luis Severino, Jamison Tyone, and then Nestor Cortez, who's a trick, a tricky guy, a tricky pitcher. Great story. Uh, I just wonder if that gets figured out. Yeah. So w- with this rotation and in the bullpen, there's tons of question marks. You even said it. Chapman, the guy's got explosive stuff. They call him the Cuban missile for a reason, right? Those 103 from the left-hand side with a slider that breaks in and breaks ankles. As as betters, I love seeing guys like that in bullpens. Some some teams have like three or four of those kind of guys in one row. I mean, the Dodgers have Bruzar, Gratterall. They they fortunately lost Kenley Jansen, but they had a nice row bullpen as well. The bullpen for the Yankees, I'd say you have you have two absolutely reliable guys, and I think that's Chad Green. And Lawizaga. Clay Holmes had a very good season last year. Impressive to say the least. Guy who came out of nowhere in the Pittsburgh trade. Yeah. But can we see another another year of him? Chapman, when he's on, he's on. When he's not on, holy crap, everyone watch out. Turn off your phone, turn off the TV. You wish you didn't bet on the Yankees that night. That's the point. You can't have a guy who's gonna close close games for you with so many question marks. And the rotation, I believe in Garrett Cole. Has he God, was that wild card game horrific? 100%. Did I lose some money that night? You bet your ass I did because <laughs> I, I believed in Garrett Cole. But look, in the regular season, he's going to carry this Yankee team like a workhorse, like an ace does. And then after that, it's like question marks galore. You know, Tyon had a good season ish. Uh, Nestor Cortez, great story, but can he get it done as a full, you know, four or five starter for this team? Montgomery, Monty, I get pissed when I watch him pitch because he can go six, <laughs> six, seven strongings, or he'll go three or four and walk three and let up eight. But the big question mark, if the Yankees, if the Yankees want to make a push, and this is what betters need to be paying attention on this year when you're betting on the Yankees and even doing this future bet right now, Severino needs to be the difference maker in this pitching staff. If Sevy can be the guy that the Yankees saw a few years ago, then the Yankees might be in a good situation. But as of right now, I'm not expecting, you know, 15-game winner from Severino this year. I'm not. They're going to ease him into it. Of course, he's going to start the year, but I feel like they're going to do an innings limit on him something because the last two and a half, two years, we haven't seen much of him So because he's just so valuable. And that's the reason why I have I'm picking Yankees in third place here. Still making the postseason as a wild card, but finishing this division in third. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, my pick to win the East, which is the Rays. Uh, I, there's not a lot to say like about their lineup. It's not that scary for sure. They're going to live on platoon splits and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the starting rotation, especially missing uh, Tyler Glass now, is is not exactly as strong as you'd want it to be. Shane Baz with a uh, some elbow surgery recently is not really that fun to look at entering the year. Torino's on the TL or IL as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of problems there potentially, but I believe in the organization, how they play baseball, that park that has more cowbells than fans, it feels like. They don't score a ton of runs, but they make it really hard for other teams to score. And I feel like they're never really respected like a lot of the other teams this division. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, I mean, We'll see about what Corey Kluber can bring. I think he's probably the biggest wild card in that rotation. But ultimately, they're a team that survives on, on running bullpen games out there, and it seems to work really well. So that's a team I'm looking potentially to try to back. As I don't think the, the marketplace ever really respects the Rays, and I think they've been playing too well for the past, I don't know, X amount of years that they yeah. start are starting to deserve it. And that's why I'm looking to them to the AL East. What are your thoughts on the Rays? You know what, Griffin, this team, it seems like they get respect and they don't. And I totally agree. For betters-wise, it's tough when you're in a division with the Yankees and Red Sox and betters are just like, hey, look, those two guys, those two teams are right up front. Why not? Why am I not going to bet on the Yankees and Red and the Red Sox? Every year, it's either the Yankees or Red Sox winning the division. I get it. But the Rays are here to stay. The Rays, uh, look, blast of the past. I used to work for the Minnesota Twins, and in 2018 – that's when the Rays started doing the bullpen opener scheme. They were the first team to do it. And you just mentioned we might be seeing a lot of bullpen starts. I remember asking guys, and I can't say it because it's on the record, but they were like, what are the Rays doing? 
Why are the Rays going to start doing these bullpen opening guys, you know, opening games, starters are going to get their innings in. But for betters, this is this is important. We talked about it before when we we're talking about Jordan Romano and that Blue Jays bullpen, a bull, a strong bullpen throughout the season, not only can help your starters, but can help the overall team win games. Imagine if JT Shagwall can open a game for two innings, put some rest on a guy like Corey Kluber, who's he's one pitch away from retiring. We all know that perfect that no hitter he did last year, and he wasn't the same after that. So the Rays took all. a gamble on Corey Kluber. They have Patino, who's a good guy in the rotation. Shane McClanahan, who I think is going to be an absolute stud this year. But when they get their their core guys, you know, with Glass now and Chirinos, and then hopefully we can see Shane Baz actually become the top number one prospect in that race system. You know, I'm not, well, I'm excluding Franco because Franco's not a prospect anymore, but. No, and then they have two guys in the pen, too. Pete Fairbanks, who, who's a hard-throwing right-hander, and Nick Anderson, who's one of the best relievers in the game. They are lose. They've lost a bunch of guys to start the year. Now, betters can probably ha- have the you know this idea of like, ah, do I want to even touch them because of the injuries in the rotation in the bullpen? I can get it. But they are what's called a team that does everything right. Everything right. Situational hitting. Hitting's runner scoring position, timely hitting, good pitching at the right time. They are that team. There's not a lot of teams like that in the bigs. The Rays are one of them. Uh, this lineup is also very, very talented, led by the man I think will be batting either two or three this year, Wander Franco. You know, we'll have another episode where we can got to get our gauge of who's going to win awards or not. I mean, geez, you might be seeing a lot of people betting on Franco to win the MVP. But we'll get into that in another episode. But so this is this is a team. This is your pick right now. You 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 were believing in the Rays this much. Well, so I have kind of learned the hard way from being a Rays hater myself. Back when bullpen games weren't a thing, Joe Madden was there, uh, and sure. really Jim Hickey, their their bullpen coach, was getting our pitching coach was getting as much as as you can out, squeezing as much as you can out of guys that I've never heard of. But I, I just it, I think it's hard to be uh, really confident in what I'm talking about, especially. Um, considering the injuries that they have dealt with and it kind of affects the Rays more than anybody. Though with that, I guess, caveat that ultimately they have a lot of uh, kind of low priced, like kind of journeymen guys that if guys aren't performing, they can replace them and don't have to worry about a, eating a $20 million salary like a lot of the rest of the division. Um, I think the Rays and kind of with those injuries in the bullpen with Fairbanks and Anderson coming back, uh, at some point this year, hopefully, I, I think it might be one of those teams that looks a little bit better as the season moves on. Um, but I, I think just based on where the Rays sit right now, they're kind of like lying in wait. They're a little bit under the radar. And that that's where I want the Rays more than being priced like the best team in the AL East. Uh, moving along from here, we'll move to the the Red Sox, who, I mean, hard to really talk about them fourth in, in the lineup for likely teams to win the division. Uh, but as usual in a, in Fenway park, they're going to score a ton of runs. Uh, yeah. The lineup I, I think is, is not as strong as it has been in the past, but ultimately it's still going to threaten and score a bunch of runs. And that'll oh, be I think, I think it got stronger. I thought it got stronger this off season. Well, so you're probably right about that. I, I think just the, the Red Sox lineups that I'm used to. So I'm, I'll say this, I'm, I'm not really a Red Sox fan anymore, but I grew up in, in Rhode Island. So like a, that was the local team. And I feel like, the juggernauts of the past, this lineup is not, but they, they still have kind of shown that they uh, can perform well at home. And I, I feel like as an underdog on the road are, are usually a decent bet to look for because a uh, proud franchise with a lot of money spent on their roster. Um, what I'm looking for here is trying to figure out what the Red Sox are going to be. And, and I, I think they have the widest range of outcomes within this division that I could yeah. see them certainly winning it. I could see them finishing in fourth or, Probably not below the Orioles because it doesn't seem possible for anyone to finish there. But uh, I'm, I'm worried with Chris Sale constantly getting hurt. Um, a, a rotation of Nathan Ivaldi, who, like, his arm's going to fall off someday. Uh, and then filling in kind of the back end of the rotation with Waka, who was pretty good last year. But then Rich Hill, I'm not sure what we can really plan for from him. And Tanner Houck, who's in a situation where he's going to be trying to hit innings li- limits that he's or innings numbers that he's never hit before. That that makes me worried. Along with trusting Nick Pavetta as a number two starter. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate that we're not going to see Chris Sale on the mound to start the year. 
You know, when you have Chris Sale on the on the IL right now, and of course they just signed James Paxton to a free agent deal, not knowing what his timetable will be, we have to get in Tommy John surgery. But that is the problem with this team is that the pitching the last couple of years hasn't been strong. You haven't had healthy guys. The bullpen this past year somehow stuck it. You know, they stayed into the playoffs deep, but this is not a bullpen that I can trust. Matt Barnes and Jake Diekman at the end of this bullpen with Whitlock as their third option, maybe like their seventh inning guy. The rest of it's not, I can't, I cannot like have faith in Ryan Brazier or Matt Strom or Jesus, they had Derek Holland as an option in this pen. I mean, who knows if you even will get DFA probably in the next two weeks. So, and and with the rotation, Uvalde is is a workhorse. And I think that's what you're going to get out of him. Well, what's going to keep this team afloat? And I, and I have them in fourth place, right in front of the Orioles, which I don't think we'll even touch the Orioles because we know that, they only they got they only thing they're looking forward to the Orioles is prospects coming up, which that's another episode to talk about. Who I, I know rookie of the year potential guy, Adley Rutschman. So we'll we'll talk about that another episode. But to end with the Red Sox in this division, hitting in fourth place, but to keep them afloat and make a wild card spot is this lineup. KK Hernandez, who had a fantastic end of the year, unbelievable postseason route with Devers right behind him, Bogarts, Martinez. Verdugo, and they just acquired a guy I know, I know he's going to kill the Yankees, is Trevor Story. Trevor Story <laughs> mashed in Colorado, and we all know the Colorado effect on hitters. Nolan Arenado has proven it that it doesn't make any sense because he's still killing it in St. Louis. So will Story tell us that this Colorado hitting BS can also, can also perform pretty well in other stadiums as well? As a home stadium, I think I think Story will do just fine. But this is the reason why this 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 team is going to stick through and try making into the playoffs is the lineup. The pitching is going to be so suspect. I'd be very careful on betting on this team to win the division. The lineup's gross. The rotation is horrible. I can't have Nick Pavetta <laughs> starting opening day as your number two and be having some sort of you have faith in the the, the Sox winning the division. That, that's what I have to say and kind of ended. You want to just jump into the, the – well, well, so I, so what I think a lot of uh, baseball betting in general is, is, is trying to figure out um, – because even the worst teams usually win 40% of their games. So, I mean, maybe not the Orioles because we'll get to them in a second very briefly, I think. But a, a lot of what I'm looking for are teams that are undervalued or underpriced or are better than what people think about them or are worse than what people think about them. Usually it's easier for me to point to big teams like the Yankees. They get a lot more respect than they deserve. I feel like the Red Sox are in a a bit of a weird situation. As you mentioned, the top of that lineup is pretty tough. Uh, I'm not sure what Verdugo is going to ever really offer in terms of a power guy hitting fifth, and that worries me a little bit. Um, Not sure about what Trevor Story is going to do. Finally, in a a really tough market where every game that he doesn't play well, he's going to start hearing things from the media. Uh, maybe he cut, gets off to a big start, and, and that's a, a huge, huge moment for him. Uh, but, but I think the rotation is probably my biggest question for the Red Sox. But the bullpen wasn't great last year, I got to say. And I think um, Whitlock was a, one of the rubber bands that held it together. Uh, I do think that they're one of those, those teams that maybe late in the game, uh, they're not going to lose as many as we're expecting. Uh, but getting that point where they need to outslug everybody essentially to cover up for that rotation, that's my biggest fear. And that's where I think I kind of am not I'm I'm not really a believer in them to win the division because I think they have to they have to leapfrog over too many teams. Um, with that said, maybe we can move to the Orioles really quickly. I, I know you mentioned Rushman as, as being a good uh, rookie of the year option. Um, and certainly the the O's are gonna win a bunch of games. That's what you do, even finishing in last place. I just don't know really where like there's ever a point where I want to back them. Certainly not to win the division. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, if you, yeah, yeah, you look like Griffin, if you, if you want to lose money, you want, you want to lose money, go ahead, bet on the Orioles. Just uh, look, they'll, they'll be they'll be a contending team in like two to three years. Given that they have a lot of prospects, they have guys that are up right now, hitting well and pitching well for them. John Means. They got a couple of different bullpen arms. It's just like. You know, we've seen a bunch of teams. You need a guy here. You need a guy here. They have they have pieces. Santander and Austin Mays, Mountcastle. The big guy we'll talk about in the next episode is Adley, is Adley Rutschman, who's going to be the 
you know, an absolute superstar. But other than that, stay away from the Orioles. Just do it. Do us all a favor. But a team you should bet on, and I think is a very good bet to make, is the Chicago White Sox. Let's get into the AL Central oh, oh, here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let, let's move along. Go ahead. And the, the AL Central is, is a division that is definitely up for grabs. It's definitely improved. Do you look at next year or the year after that? The White Sox might be in trouble. Right now in 2022, the White Sox are my pick to win the division. Shocker. I know. They had a great <laughs> season last year. They did lose Carlos Rondon, but they still – are a powerhouse team in the lineup with, I think is going to be one of the better players in the game today. As the, as the season ends in October, we'll round out and look at the season. Luis Robert batting second in this lineup. My projection here, Robert is going to be an absolute force for this team. And then the bullpen, man, it, it's absolutely, it's, it's not fair. I think it's the best bullpen in the game. Hendricks was one of the best closers, Craig Kimbrell, who, he still can. He still can do it. He still can get it. Aaron Plummer, nice left-handed pitcher. I mentioned Kendall Graveman to open up here. That is the huge free agent signing that they did this offseason, and they really didn't do that much. And then the, I think the weapon of all weapons, the left-hander Garrett Crochet, throws about 150 miles an hour from the left side, throws absolute piss missiles to home plate. This bullpen is gross. Giolito, Lynn, Cease, and that rotation, those three, Kopech, who's going to be a four or five star for them. It just keeps going. You name a guy, you name a guy, you name a guy. They have the complete team. I have them winning at least 95 games this year, at least 95 games and winning this division. I know I just said a mouthful here, but let's see well, what you have to say. I, and we'll yeah, get into you the know, twins. I have some things to, to push back on about or just oh, ask you to expand a little bit further. So I don't know who I can pick in this division besides the odds on Chicago White Sox, which does worry me because big expectations are hard to live up to. Uh, but certainly the team has shown that they're moving in the right direction and looking more and more competitive. Um, love Lance Lynn. Uh, I don't know if I love Lucas Giolito, especially versus what he's priced. Uh, but Dylan Cease, if he could ever go six innings, I mean, he has one of the most dominant fastballs out there. Dallas Keuchel, good, good rotation option to kind of keep people off balance. And then Kopech, we'll see exactly what we're going to get from him. Uh, lovely Liam Hendricks, as you mentioned. Kimbrell uh, doesn't really treat me very well, it seems, when I bet his games, either um, for or against. Uh, but the, the bullpen is deep. And I, I think the division, certainly it's getting better. I'm just not sure that there's enough really in it to challenge. Uh, and I do think that that makes me wonder a little bit about what Chicago will be doing when they're facing better competition throughout the season and also in the playoffs. I don't know that I love the bottom end of that, that batting order. And certainly this is a team that will be in a position to add more pieces as we get to the, the trade deadline and, and whatever comes later in the season. Uh, also some worried about the big, big guys in the outfield potentially not making it through a whole year because they're big targets uh, for injuries, but Jimenez, uh, I think Jimenez is, is a guy to keep an eye on. I, unbelievable player, but the guy gets hurt. And um, I hope, hope to God, I mean, yeah, look at this lineup, Griffin. I mean, we're talking about Robert Abreu, Jimenez, Grandal, power hitters. And oh, by the way, Tim Anderson leading off one of the better hitters in the entire league. It's gross. So, so, so you love them. Um, you have them winning a bunch of games. Uh, I do. What I have. Next on the list, and I'll probably give this the mic to you to give me a little bit more. Uh, what do you think about the Twins? Because we have them second in the – or I guess the odds have them second most likely to win the division. The Twinkies, man. Um, and you do have but, some personal experience with them, it sounds like. Yes, did work for them in 2018. My heart goes out to the Twinkies. Love the Twins. But as we know, you got to leave the heart and the phantom to the side. You do, you do. And you, you got to give us the real perspective. Adding Carlos Correa, I was talking to some, some of the inside reporters over there in Minnesota. I, I'm, I was texting them like, hey, look, where the hell did this come from? What, where are you signing Carl? Why and where and what? Like, what are you doing signing a guy like that for a three-year deal? Unbelievable signing. They have a, a weird trade with the Yankees getting Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez, and they trade away – you know, JD, uh, uh, J I call him JD, but it's, you know, Josh Donaldson, a bunch of money and catching prospects. It looks, it was just a very weird situation. And then the Correa thing happened. They have pieces, Griff. 
They got pieces. They have young pieces, too, in that lineup. Kirloff and Larnick, which looks like excuse me, they'll have an opportunity to start full-time this year, which if you're a Twins fan and you're a better on the Twins, hey, this is that's a great opportunity for young power hitters to be implemented in the lineup all year long. I think it's very important. Now, what is the situation with the rotation? They did side Sonny Gray. They got Dylan Bundy. They just got Chris Archer, which uh, Archer was good we'll like see. seven years ago. Yeah. You know, but Joe Joe Ryan is the young guy in this rotation. He was just announced that he'll be the opening day starter. I think he's very Deserved. good. Very he's an absolute too. stud. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a stud too. The bullpen is it's very unconventional, right? They have uh, Duran, who's a big right-hander, young. They're going to give him an opportunity this year to be a rookie coming in, hard-throwing right-hander. They acquired old man Joe Smith, who just throws a submarine and gets the job done. I don't know how. And Taylor Rogers, who can be maybe the nicest guy on the planet. I've used to interview him a bunch. Rogers and Duffy at the back end of that pen, I think is pretty nice. But there's not a lot of confidence with the bullpen. You know, they have Kenta Maeda, who was a guy a couple of years ago who was a very good starter for them. He's on the 60-day IL of the Tommy John. So there's a lot of question marks, and this is the reason why they're not going to make the postseason. It's the it's the pitching. That's strictly it. When you have young guys like Kirloff and Larnick could have opportunities to start this year, and you add Correa, you got a full year Buxton, you got a full year Polanco, you got Royce Lewis in the minor leagues, one of the best prospects in the game. They have the hitting. It's the pitching that's going to kill them this year, and that's why I have them getting second place and right around 83, 84 wins. Yeah. Uh... I, you know, it's nice to know that you did spend some time in Minneapolis because I think it's coming out a little bit. Expecting a full year from Byron Buxton, I don't know if I could ever expect that. It's a nice thing. It sounds cool. I have him on a, a keeper league dynasty fantasy team, but uh, he's more on. He's he's out of the lineup more than he's in it. Um, I, I think in, in looking at this lineup. Carlos Correa, I mean, great leader, great defender for sure. I don't know if him hitting third in a lineup is what I'd want from a team that's got to potentially challenge the White Sox. Um, certainly, I think the pitching is a question mark. We, we both gushed over Joe Ryan. I, I love that guy, and I'm trying to draft him every place I possibly can in fantasy. Um, Sonny Gray, big question mark. Dylan Bundy has has certainly shown some good things. I'm, I'm scared. Uh, and then the bullpen used to be the, the strength of the Twins. I feel like that's – they had some young guys that they were breaking in and set up roles. Trevor May comes to mind before he left for, for the Mets. And I feel like it just seems to me this is a team of transition that isn't really spending much money on, on this current roster or this current product. So I feel like uh, the White Sox, if this is the, the, the second challenger or the biggest challenger to the White Sox, I, I feel like, as you said earlier, it's going to be an easy division win for the White Sox over 162 games. Yeah, and I think a team that we'll just jump into right now is the Detroit Tigers, a team that, um, let's be honest, they surprised me. I thought they were going to go get in Correa. They got Javi Baez, which I think that was a great second replacement there after he had a pretty good season in New York and Chicago last year. With yep. Jonathan Scope in that middle of the lineup, they have an, you know they have an, a young team. You know, Akil Badu, who was a Rule 5 guy who – was a great story, had a pretty good rookie season. But the guys to look out for in this lineup, who I think should be starting opening day, but we know how things go. They'll wait a few weeks and they'll bring them up as two guys, for instance, is Riley Green, who will be an outfield prospect coming up that better should look out for Riley Green and a potential rookie of the year candidate, Spencer Torkelson. First base, third base, power monster hitter. He was the first overall pick in 2020. He just mashes. He does a great job, great hitter, great young guy at 22 years old. He barely, he just got his, the ability to start drinking. He's going to start dropping bombs, maybe even ruin a rookie of the year. That's the stuff that I think Tiger fans and, and people like betting on the Tigers are to look for this season in the individual games. But I wouldn't be betting on this team to win the division. They do have a young rotation, too. Look, you talk to me, talk to me next year at this same time, or we're doing futures again. Maybe it might be picking the Tigers doing the division next year because they got a lot of young guys. It's just they're not complete yet. The bullpen is it's going to be really bad. It's going to be terrible. Uh, uh, do, do we think the – so 
When I look yeah, at the bullpen, bullpen is crap. so far in this division, you think the Tigers' bullpen is going to be bad. Okay. I like Andrew Chafin. I like Andrew Chafin, that signing. Uh, Gregory Soto was, a, was an all-star for them last year because, let's face it, they had no other all-stars <laughs> to pick, so they picked okay. him. Okay. You know, I like the rotation. It's super young. Um, they just need to work out the kinks. I mean, you can't have everybody in the rotation from last year come into it, you know, with a, above four and a half ERAs. You just can't do it. Well, so here's my thing. So the Tigers were – uh, I remember, I think I bet them in each game of either their three or four game series at the Royals last year that they got swept and could have won all of them. And that was still something that haunts me to this day. But I really do like the Tigers, I think, more than most. Um, and I'm going to try my best to st- keep away from them as much as possible because uh, I do actually really like their bullpen. I think Gregory Soto has one of the biggest arms out there possible for a lefty, which I mean, certainly it's not always the best control. Uh, but I think that they have a little bit deeper of a bullpen than you think. You mentioned Chafin, Michael Fulmer, former starter that I think has kind of found a home in the bullpen, better for his arm and staying healthy. But also, I think he can get outs and especially pressure-packed outs at the end of a game. And I think Jose Cisnero, I mean, kind of came out of nowhere last year and was pretty pretty dominant. Uh, we'll see what happens if they can get Joe Jimenez or Jimenez into form. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the starting rotation is very young. They clearly spent some money on Eduardo Rodriguez, who – I feel like he just kind of struggled at Fenway and could never get out of that fifth inning or sixth inning to get that quality start or to really escape with a better ERA than, than probably it looked like. I feel like he's always been pitching well and just couldn't really close games out. And maybe as we kind of graduate to a more forward thinking major league baseball, where we're not like requiring every starting pitcher to get 15 outs to qualify for a win that might make his numbers look a little bit better. Cause he's always been a strikeout guy with a good changeup. So I believe in him. I think Casey Mize has shown it. Tark Scooball has looked pretty good. And yep. Matt Manning, I mean, we'll see if he's more of a pitch to contact guy. So I don't love that. But I think, as you said, in mentioning the, the young guys um, with Green and Torkelson, I, I'm pretty interested in this team. And that's, I think, of any in this division, which looks like a terrible one at that. I think that's <laughs> the one I'm looking most closely to try to back. Do you feel like, are we sure that Green and Torkelson are both starting the year in, in the big? I don't think they are. I don't. If I had to pick one of them to start in the bigs, it'd be Torkelson. I think Riley that, Green. That would be coming. my guess too. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. It'd be nice to see Riley Green maybe midpoint of the season. I, 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 if they for some reason are they're not up to start the year, and they're not up at all, the last thing you'll see is them in September. Like that's like the you'll see them no matter what in September. I think Torkelson should start. For them, I think he's ready. I think you have him first base or even uh, Condelario can play first and third. So either or, that's fine because Miggy Miguel Cabrera is not playing the field anymore. He's a DH from now on. But look, I do want to get into a team in this division that is very hit or miss. And I think this is a team like we mentioned with the Orioles. They're not going to be as bad, but this is a team that you need to stay away from. It's the Guardians. The lineup is shaky, but the bolt, the rotation is so impressive. It's so nice. Shane Bieber, Cal Quantrell, Plezak, Clavai, uh, Savali, and then McKenzie, who had a great year last year too. The bolt, the rotation is is what I wish this rotation was on the Yankees because then the Yankees <laughs> win 115 games because the, the this yeah. rotation is very underrated. But pitching is just not going to get it done. You need everything else, and the lineup is where it gets suspect. You we even we even heard Jose Ramirez rumors as soon as Matt Chapman was traded to the Blue Jays. They're like, hey, the Blue Jays might not be done. They might have to get Ramirez. And that's not the case. But hey, look, we might see Jose Ramirez get traded at the deadline with maybe a Framil Reyes as well. And that's all they have. Yeah, they have a Madre, uh, you know, a Rosario, whatever. But the guys that are in that lineup, the the three four guys, Ramirez. And Reyes, that's all you got. Other than that, it's a very, very bare minimum, below, maybe even below average lineup. Stay away from betting on them to win the division. It's not going to happen. And the same thing with the Royals. I think we can maybe just talk about both real quick, and we'll get into the American League uh, West here. But the Royals are just another team where one of my favorite hitters, Whit Merrifield, love him. Guy's a professional hitter, 180, 190 hits a year. Slapping the ball around the outfield. And then you got Salvador Perez, who was an absolute monster last year. And then you'll have Bobby Witt Jr. 
starting up in the major leagues. I he, I mean, I hope to God the Royals are smart and just start him to start the year. Why wait? I, I don't want to wait to see him play. Bet on him to win the rookie of the year. Christ's sake, bet on him to win that. Don't bet on the Royals to win the division. That's all I have to say. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go quickly through through Cleveland as well because I, I I feel like, as you said, they're not really a threat to win the Central. They're rebuilding or whatever you call they're doing. Uh, I do think that their pitching can keep them in a lot of games. I'm not really a huge Bieber fan, though, at this point. And, you know, unfortunately, when I look at, at the rest of that rotation, I feel like they're all five-inning guys, and then you really got to – figure out how to get through the last four innings class. A, I think is a great closer was a, an awesome trade from, from Texas a couple of years ago. Uh, I live in Dallas now and I wasn't a huge fan of that, that move, I got to say, but Brian Shaw in the eighth inning is not really a way to do it. And I think we kind of know what Cleveland is, is shooting for. And that's for draft picks, a la the Baltimore Orioles and such uh, moving to the Royals really fast. I think it's, I mean, you've added yourself as not really being a power hitter. Uh, if, if Whitmer felt like your favorite guy. So uh, certainly great player and, and will be on base all the time. Uh, Sally Perez, like we'll see what, if he can put up those numbers like he did last year, because he was awesome and is a huge part of, of kind of why the Royals swept my uh, Tigers three straight back-to-back days, if I remember correctly. So uh, not a huge fan of that. I think Grinky coming back is a nice romantic story, uh, but the rest of that rotation is a lot of pitch-to-contact guys, including Carlos Hernandez, who I think was really good towards the end of last year. Um, looking at the bullpen, I think they've got some big arms. Uh, trading for Amir Garrett was interesting. Um, so I'm a little bit more interested, I think, in some of these bad teams in the in the AL Central than I kind of wish I was. Uh, but I'll let you take away the West because I don't think any of these teams are really going to threaten the White Sox to win the Central. Yeah, I can totally agree. It's going to be interesting to see. But one – look, we, we as – commenters and people that are trying to make a giant podcast here. We want to have hey. some hot takes. And okay. I think this okay. is where my hot take comes into play. Okay. I have the, the Seattle Mariners winning Ooh. the American League West this year. It is time that the Astros sit the bench, take that second place spot, and miss the playoffs. That's why my, my little bold prediction here. And I'll explain okay. quickly because we have a whole other division to talk about and not a lot of time. So we will sure. just get into this fast. The Mariners did something I didn't see that would be doing. They went out and got some big-name bats from the, from the Cincinnati Reds. Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez was a very random trade I didn't see coming because I thought they were complete to begin with. You have Adam Frazier and Ty France. That was one two-spot. Ty France had a resurgence career season last year. And when you have Mitch Hanniger in the middle of that order with hopefully Jared Kalenic has a very good season coming after kind of a, a shaky rookie season, to say the least. I thought the lineup was pretty good. And then you add Winker and then you add Suarez. And for the kids at home that know your prospects, I know you're listening. Julio Rodriguez, if he's not starting the year, you'll see him anyway. This is going to be a difference maker. I think a starting center fielder batting low in the order. Power, monster, monster, rookie power, raw, raw talent. And in the rotation, you add the Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray, with uh, Logan Gilbert as maybe a potential number two guy. Gilbert's very, very talented. And then the bullpen is very low-key. I think it's very, very good. Um, They are definitely going to compete against the Astros. White Sox winning at least, my prediction, numbers-wise, I predict 94 wins to 95 wins. They're going to kill the Astros this year, my hot take for my futures pick, American League West champs, Seattle Mariners. Mike Trout. Well, you're not you're not going to get a lot of interference over here because they're actually – so I circled two teams as potential World Series long shots because I most of the futures that I play are, are not the uh, odds-on favorite to win. And I got to say the two I highlighted were the Blue Jays, which have been cut in half, and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I thought they were yeah, awesome right. to finish the year last year and were making a big run. Uh, I don't know that I was like really confident in picking them to win the West, but I was going to say that. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like I'm not sad about you stealing my thunder and I definitely don't have as much conviction as you do, but I do like them quite a bit and felt like the Astros kind of were pretty fortunate to be hanging around and go as far as they did in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, when, when I look at the, the Mariners, I'm a little bit concerned about the lineup, not holding up. Um, but 
ultimately they're in a, a big park that's going to play low scoring games. And it's really more important to have that rotation. And to me, it's more important to have the bullpen behind it, which I think they do have. And when I look at the Astros, I just feel like their core is, it has, is aging. I mean, they're, they're adding some younger players in, into it and they're certainly going to, I mean, we'll see what Jeremy Pena brings at shortstop, but uh, from where I sit with, with the Houston Astros, I think their rotation has got a lot of question marks in it, a lot of guys that don't go deep in games, and that puts a lot of pressure on a bullpen over an entire season. Maybe they find something in Hector Norris, but I don't know. It's hard to really trust that he's going to do much other than blow saves, even if he's in the seventh inning as projected on roster resource. But um, from where I sit, I, I, you know, I, I like the, the underdog pick. Um, I'm curious on, on your opinion of the Astros, though. Sure. Astros-wise. You lose Carlos Correa to free agency. A couple of years ago, you lose George Springer to free agency. It's two big power bats that are not going to be in your lineup for next year. They did a pretty good job winning without Springer in the lineup. When you miss Springer and now Carlos Correa in that order now, it's tough. They still have, they still have really a ton of talent, of course, with Altuve and Brad and Brantley and Bregman and Jordan Alvarez is going to easily crank 40 dingers this year. And I think a guy who can get some MVP considerations is Kyle Tucker. They do have the talent, no doubt about it. I just don't think they're going to be able to consistently do it this year. And I really think the problem is, is that the bullpen, Ryan Presley, who I used to interview in Minnesota, very good guy, very good pitcher. He can really, really pitch well. And, and that's really it. You know, Ryan Stanek can throw hundred miles an hour. He's all right. Phil Menton, you know, he's okay. Hector, Hector Neris, terrible. Pedro Baez takes about a year and a half to get to the plate on a, from a pitch. I mean, you go look up his clips of him pitching. Oh, it's so, yeah, yeah. so hard to watch. And it's, are we going to get a full year of Verlander? Are we going to get the Verlander of old to start again? It's a lot of question marks through this team. And, of course, the big thing, like I mentioned before, you lose, you lose Carlos Correa. Sucks. That really, really sucks. And that's just why I think that this team's not going to really make a post. Yeah. So, or... well, I'm not going to I'm not going to take you too far away from that, though. Uh, we probably should cover the, uh, the the Angels, considering they are second in the odds, at least from what I pulled last night uh, to win the division. I'm not a huge fan. Mike Trout seems to play 100 games maximum a year. Uh, as disappointing as that is, considering everyone thinks he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you got the Shohei show. I mean, Otani San is awesome and is is probably as electric of a or electrifies the fan base more than anybody. Um, no idea what they're going to get from Anthony Rendon. We'll see if Jared Walsh can put up what he did last year. Um, and I think when you start looking at the rotation, I mean, they've got some long shots, some possibilities here with, I mean, who knows what Otani's going to going to deliver this year. I'm hoping good things, but no Syndergaard coming off missing an entire season. Patrick Sandoval can never stay healthy, but seems to be to me, the gem of that, rotation Lorenzen who showed that he's a great athlete can hit the ball, but that doesn't do a lot for you as a starting pitcher. Uh, and then the Suarez and, and maybe Reed Detmer Detmers makes the team and is up and actually can throw strikes this year. Cause yeah. he struck out everybody in the minors. Um, I think Rizel Iglesias is a solid closer, but besides him, I don't know that I trust Mike Myers enough in the seventh or eighth inning. The para just never seemed to really do it for me. And then, oh, I, like I mean, him. they have, they have some good names in that bullpen. I don't know. Do you, do you see them? Where, where do you see the Angels fitting in the, in the division? Third, I'm guessing? Yes, I have them third place, uh, about two games over 500, 82 and 80. It's tough. You know, you you want, as as fans of the game, we want to see the Angels start to click because Mike Trout isn't getting younger. But it's about guys that are staying healthy, and Trout has had some injuries, but I expect him playing a full season with Otani. It's the guys like Anthony Rendon needs to play a full season. Rendon, you sign all this money to, you need some protection in that lineup. You have Jared Walsh, who's hit pretty well. and But the rest of this team, what is Joe Adele going to do? Joe Adele was the big-name prospect. He's changed his batting stance. I've watched that recently. It looks like he's a little bit more athletic. But the rotation is a lot of question marks. Is Syndergaard going to be pitching a full year? I love the signing. Patrick Sandoval had a very good year last year for them. Very impressive. And Otani, you're not going to – you got 28 games started – Usually, if you want a, your ace to go, you want at least 32 starts, you're not going to get 32 starts with Otani. It's just not going to happen. They're going to really spread him out throughout the season. You might get 25, 27, maybe even hit 28 again. 
but 32 starts, an extra couple, three, two, three starts is important to a season. And the bullpen, you mentioned it. Not a lot of, you know, reliability. There's, you can't rely on Aaron Loop, who had a decent season, to be able to close out games if Iglesias is having a hard time. You can't – I don't even know half these guys. Like, Archie Bradley was good, like, five years ago, four years ago, yeah. you know? And it, we're not we're, – it would be nice to see them actually flourish, but I just know that the pitching is what's going to be the downfall of this team, which has been the downfall of the Angels for, I don't know, last five, six years at least for this team. I just want Mike Trout to be in a World Series. I want Mike Trout to win the World Series so freaking bad. But if you're smart, if you know baseball – you don't bet on the Angels to win the division with the stacked Air Mariners and even the Astros being well. And the Rangers, you know, I have the Rangers right behind them in fourth place. Yeah, this let's, year, let's move to the Rangers. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, this year isn't their year. Next year will probably be their year. Yes, they did get Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. There's still a lot of question marks throughout the lineup and also throughout the rotation. You know, Mitch Garver, the guy from Minnesota. Good power hitter. The guy that I think a lot of people are going to look for is when Sam Huff is healthy, who was a minor league catcher for them, their number one prospect. When he comes back and he gets the opportunity to maybe start next year, that's when you want to maybe want to start betting on the Rangers to win the division. But Martin Perez can't be your number two going into the season and be able to win <laughs> divisions. You know what I'm saying? You can't yeah, do I mean, that. They're, they're trying to uh, bring him back to his previous Ranger form when they were the number one seed, uh, won the regular season pennant, and then yeah. flopped in, in the playoffs. You know, I, I think so. The Rangers are, are the local team for me here. I've been in Dallas for a couple of years now. And I mean, who knows if that counts with COVID. But regardless, um, I, I think Simeon was a big, big addition. Certainly Corey Seeger. Uh, I think Mitch Garver, who's slotting into third right now, is a big bat. I mean, we'll see how healthy he can remain because I think relying on catchers is a really, really tough situation to be in. But, um, you know, I, I think maybe the future is where it's coming. I mean, who knows what they'll get from John Gray finally uh, leaving Coors Field. And I think he's he's got a big arm and one that I want to trust. In, in the bullpen, Joe Barlow was great closing games last year, but can he do it again? I'm not sure. Uh, Greg Holland, you know, when you're signing him, you're just really reaching at probably oh, 36 years old. I was going to say 39. Um, I think this, this team's a little bit away from kind of the future that they want to be. Uh, and then if, if I can move to the A's really quickly, I feel like uh, really surprising to see the A's projected to finish last in the division. I, I know that they've been selling off pieces left and right, but uh, I'm curious your take on, on the A's and kind of what you can expect from what will probably be a pretty weak lineup, but that's not really any change for them as they've always been pitching in bullpen really to try to win three, two games. The A's are a, difficult team the a's are a team that i mean look all the free agents that oh, let me i'm going to read off some free agent they just let go ready for this it is a laundry list starting off with starlin Marte, mark canna jan gomes josh harrison andrew chaffin jed lowry who they just resigned sergio romo jake deekman some names that are serviceable and some names who are all-stars and oh by the way they let go Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. This isn't the oh. first time that the A's have done something like this. Remember when they had Josh Donaldson? Trade him to Toronto. See ya. See you never. They got John Lester. They let him go after a half a season. This is just what they do. Even You want to go even back to the early 2000s when they had Giambi, Damon, Isringhausen. They let those guys go because they can't pay for it. A's fans have been crying for decades that they get all these crazy rosters, they get the crazy talent, and then they have to let them go. It sucks. It really, really blows for them. They have guys in this, this lineup that could maybe make some people get impressed. You know, Christian Pache, who they got from the Braves trade with Olsen. He'll be your starting center fielder for the, for the Oakland A's. Sean Murphy, decent catcher. Seth Brown, power hitter, play left field this year. That's it. And then and the rotation, they got Manaya, Montas, and guess what? Probably will get traded too. I thought they'd get traded. Well, I thought one of those guys would get traded to the Yankees because they were rumored to. And then the bullpen, AJ Puck, who I, I think should be a starter. He dominated the University of Florida when I used to watch him play in college. He was gross. He's tall, left-handed pitcher. 
really good breaking ball. And they got Trevino at the end of the bullpen. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets straight to a playoff run. You know, a team that has a playoff run needs a little bullpen help. But you know what? It just, it's it's annoying because the Oakland A's, every five years, they get talent, they compete, and they just give up because they can't pay for them. It, it pisses me off as a baseball fan. Yeah, I think one of the, some of the weirder things they've done, and, and I'll make this a really quick diatribe, but the A's, when they trade big prospects like Jesus Lazardo, um, you know, right, it's, exactly. it's, a tough, it, it's a tough thing when you're, when you're trying to grab, um, when you're trying to grab like big rental, short-term rentals um, for a playoff run that doesn't really even last too long. Um, and it's one of those things where you can't give up big prospects to do that, but they, they do it. Um, so, so let's, now that we've gone through the, the three uh, American league divisions, let's talk about kind of who we think will. So we, we kind of went through who we expect to emerge. Both are, we're picking the, the Mariners and surprisingly, and, and the White Sox. Uh, and then we defer a little bit on the Jays and the Rays. Now, in terms of uh, some World Series odds, just something that I've, I've watched in the beginning, as I already mentioned, the Blue Jays got cut in half from 16 to 1 to 8 to 1, um, most recently when I was looking. Do you, do you see, or I guess, who, who are you thinking as your, your big biggest threats to, to make it to the Fall Classic from, from the AL? I have the Blue Jays, man. I think the Blue Jays can really, really push it throughout the postseason and be the American League representatives in the World Series. Look, they're, we, we know when these playoff teams, they stack up in the offseason. We've seen it. And now we're going to watch this season unfold. And there's going to be a point when these teams have need one more piece to help them. If that's a, if that's a closer, if that is a middle-of-the-rotation guy, if that is a power bat, there's tons of teams that have them out there that will not be competing. And the Blue Jays will be one of those teams that will go after somebody. Like a Nelson Cruz had a one-year deal with the Nationals. I tweeted it out. Go find it. I said, I bet you money that this guy will get traded at the deadline. There's no way Nelson Cruz will stay on the Nationals all year long. That could be a team he might go to. Blue Jays have a few more prospects to throw away. so. This is that's one of the reasons why I think the Blue Jays not only having a strong lineup and a strong rotation, strong team overall, they're going to make a push. They're going to get somebody at the deadline, and they're going to be the representatives in my eyes to be um, in the World Series. That's what my prediction is at the American League. Got it. Well, so I'm going to try to count off who I think is is. I mean, I, I'm just not really a huge. I think neither of us are a big Astros fan um, in terms of our expectations for them this season. Uh, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I definitely don't believe the New York Yankees. So those are, are probably the easier ones for me to write off. I, do I won't get offended. I won't get offended. I won't get offended. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, sometimes you can always do the reverse jinx, but uh, I think I, I feel a lot more right. comfortable with, um, as I mentioned, the, the team that I'm looking to potentially surprise and win the AL East being the Tampa Bay Rays. Also still very interested in the Jays. So I do feel like they have a little bit of growing up to do and maybe need to work a few more counts to uh, be a little bit more uh, or do a little bit more damage to what they're playing against instead of potentially running out of any three pitch innings. Um, I think from where I sit also, we, we clearly both like the Mariners to try to at least to win that division as a, as a potential outsider. Uh, so that's a good opportunity for them as well. But then when trying to try to make a pick, I mean, you've, you've taken the Jays, so I'm not going to do that as well. So I'll take the Chicago White Sox. I think they have the easiest path mm. uh, to the AL Central. Uh, and I think that'll be a, a really big thing for them to try to kind of monitor their innings and get everyone in the best situation to, to be as, as strong as possible for the eventual crapshoot that is the, uh, the playoffs. But uh, I think for this episode, we're going to wrap here because we've gone very long, uh, a lot more than expected, which I think is good because you'll see that, that both Taylor and I will be bringing some great insight uh, both right. to, to gambling, but also for long-term uh, ideas for, for the AL. Uh, so expect to see a, a national league coming soon. Uh, Taylor, any, any closing thoughts? Yeah, look, we, we, we even intro this episode as we're going to give you the American league and national league. Well, we're already almost an hour and 20 minutes in we're <laughs> texting on the side and saying, look, let's just do a full episode on the American league. Next episode will be national league and we'll give our picks there. And then we'll probably do a world series and then future bets on awards. So there's a lot of content to come. So buckle up. If you're if you follow the pregame, you probably have for a while. This is the MLB podcast. This is new kids. Buckle up. Put on your big boy pants. 
and get ready to listen to a lot of baseball betting content throughout the rest of the season. Griffin, pleasure as always. Great job tonight. And guess what? We'll be back next time for National League and more. And before we get out of here, Taylor, give your uh, Twitter handle uh, just so everyone can find you. Yes, at Taylor Ringgold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. Give me a follow, tweet at me. If you're listening to this episode and you think I've said nothing correct, give me your thoughts. Yeah, he said nothing correct, but I've said some of the similar things. So <laughs> if you want to go at him with that, you can. I'm the real underscore G Warner. Uh, feel free to hit us up. We'll, we'll be answering questions whenever you come through with them. Uh, thanks for listening, and we look forward to the next episode, which should be the NL, uh, assuming we get we don't get pulled off stage. So see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, looking forward to the next one. See you guys soon. This is the pregame MLB podcast. Yeah,